This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. On Sunday when the church bells start ringing, they're ringing for you and for me. Let's all gather round at the altar and pray that our souls may be free. I'll meet you in church Sunday morning And we'll all kneel down and pray We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven To guide us safe home on our way It's a place where we all meet on Sunday To worship our Lord up above sins be forgiven and meet with our loved ones above I'll meet you in church Sunday morning and we'll all kneel down and pray we'll pray to our Lord up in heaven to guide us safe home on our way in heaven I hear Let's all be prepared to meet Jesus, the path is narrow and home far away. I'll meet you in church Sunday morning, and we'll all kneel down and pray. We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven, to guide us safe home on our way. We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven to guide us safe home on our way. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall Oh.
Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians. Thanks to Kathy Christensen, who will be reading our lessons and doing our children's message. And thanks to Isaac Christensen, who is our recording engineer. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Tom and Lori Overby in memory of Ann Raychuk and Karen Barnes. And we want to thank Tom and Lori for their generous sponsorship of the podcast today. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. These Sundays are Sundays after Pentecost, and you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, candle, a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible with, and maybe Bibles for the kids as part of your home worship materials. As we begin our worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love, and also to begin this worship with this invocation. We dedicate this hour to the presence and purposes of God. We worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue our service then with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then the absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. I hope you can join us as we continue with our gathering songs. Some glad morning when this life is o'er I'll fly away to a home on God. 
Lots of less to show I'll fly away I'll fly away Oh glory I'll fly away When I die Hallelujah by and by I'll fly away When the shadows of this life have grown I'll fly away Like a bird from these prison walls has flown By and by, I'll fly away. Oh, how glad and happy when we meet, I'll fly away. No more cold iron shackles on my feet, I'll fly away. There shall be showers of blessing This is a promise of love There shall be seasons refreshing Sent from the Savior above Showers of blessing Showers of blessing we need Mercy drops round us Falling, but for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again over the hills and the valleys. Sound the abundance of rain. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, send them upon us, O Lord. Grant us to now our refreshing, come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing we need Mercy drops round us are falling 
but for the showers we plead. There shall be showers of blessing, oh that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call. Shall Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Yes, mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Thanks, Jim and Debbie. One of the very best things about uh, this weekly broadcast slash podcast is your music and I'm always grateful just to be able to listen to the wonderful old hymns that you sing. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Would you join me please as we pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Ever-loving God, your Son gives himself as living bread for the life of the world. Fill us with such a knowledge of his presence that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life to serve you continually through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. You can bless yourself or someone who is worshiping with you today beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This time I'll invite Kathy to come and to read our scriptures and to do our children's message. Kathy. The first lesson comes from 1 Kings, the third chapter, verses 5 through 12. That night the Lord appeared to him in a dream and asked him, what would you like me to give you? Solomon answered, you always showed great love for my father David, your servant, and he was good, loyal, and honest in his relationship with you. And you have continually continually showed me your great and constant love by giving him a son who today rules this place. O Lord God, you have let me succeed my father as king, even though I am very young and don't know how to rule. Here I am among the people who have chosen to be your own, a people who are not so many that cannot be counted. So give me the wisdom I need to rule your people with justice and to know the difference between good and evil. Otherwise, how would I ever be able to rule this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so he asked him, "You, because you have asked for the wisdom to be truly justly instead of a long life for yourself or riches or death of your enemies, I will do what you have asked. I will give you more wisdom and understanding than anyone has ever had before or will ever have again. The Psalm comes from Psalm 119, verses 29 through 36. 
and it's entitled, Desire to Obey the Law of the Lord. Your teachings are wonderful. I obey them with my heart. The explanation of your teachings give light and brings wisdom to the ignorant. In my desire for your commands, I pant with open mouth. Turn me and have mercy on me, as you do all those who love you. As you have promised, keep me from falling. Don't let me be overcome by evil. Save me from those who oppress me, so that I may obey your commands. Bless me with your presence and teach me your laws. My tears pour down like a river because people do not obey your law. And the second reading comes from Romans 8, uh, verses 26 through 39. In the same way, the Spirit also comes to help us, weak as we are, for we do not know how we ought to pray. The Spirit himself pleads with God for us in groans and words that cannot express. And God, who sees into our hearts, knows what the, the thought of the Spirit is, because the Spirit pleads with God on the behalf of his people in accordance with his will. We know that in all things God works for good with those who love him, those who have, he has called according to his purpose. Those whom God has already chosen, he also set apart to become like his son, so that the son would be the first among many brothers. And so those whom God set apart, he called, and those he called, he put right with himself, and he shared his glory with them. In the view of this, what can we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Certainly not God, who did not even keep back his own son, but offered himself for all of us. He gave us his son, and will he not be all free, all, will he not also freely give us all things? Who will accuse God's chosen people? God himself declared them not guilty. Who then can condemn them? Not Jesus Christ, who died, or rather who was raised to life, and it is on the right side of God, pleading with him for us. Who then can separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble do it, or hardship, or persecution, or hunger, or poverty, or danger, or death? As the Spirit says, for your sake we are all in the danger of death at all times. We are treated like sheep that are going to slaughter. No, in all these things we have complete victory through him who loves us. For I am certain that nothing can separate us from the love, neither life or death, nor angels, nor other heavenly rulers or powers, neither the present nor the future, neither the world above or the world below. There is nothing in all creation that will ever be able to, to separate us from the love of God, which is ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi, guys. Do you know how to fly a kite? I do. I love seeing how high that kite can go up in the air and seeing if I can get it as high and as, as past the trees, almost so that you can't see it. But you know, there's four things that are needed in order to fly a kite. First, it's the kite itself. Second, we need that string attached to this kite. 
Third, we need a tail attached to the kite. And finally, we need the wind to get it in the air. Now let's think about this kite and think about how we are becoming a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. If we can use this idea of a Christian by using the four things of a kite to explain how we can become a Christian. First, the kite, and that's all of us. Each one of us is a kite. Alone, we can't do anything, just like the kite. But if we add the string to the kite, then we have a beginning of flying. So let's add God, which is faith and love to us. And we have a beginning of becoming a Christian. Next, add the tail to the kite to give it some balance. So Jesus Christ is with us as with God, and then we have balance in our lives so we can start to live our lives as Christians. Jesus Christ gives us grace. And finally, our kite needs that wind to bring it up in the sky. Our wind for us to be a Christian is the Holy Spirit, the wind beneath the kite or us. The force that drives us to become the Christian that God wants us to be. With our faith and love in God and the grace that Jesus Christ gives us and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can all be Christians. Let us pray. Dear God, you provide everything for us to be a Christian. Faith, love, grace, and power. Help us to use these gifts to become the best Christian ever, to fly high in the sky of life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to sing a song for you now entitled, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. All praise to the Father from whom all things come, and all praise to Christ, he's us, his only Son, and all praise to the Spirit who makes us one, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Thanks, Kathy, for those lessons and the children's message and for that lovely song. Our gospel lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew, 
the 13th chapter, and I'll be reading verses 31 and 32, and then 44 to 52. He, Jesus, put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in the branches. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, I have picked out a series of texts, including the gospel text, which isn't for this particular Sunday in Pentecost that's coming up, August 15th. But it goes with the theme that I've been struggling with these past weeks, themes of following Jesus, and also the theme of what really fills the deepest hunger and longing and yearning in our hearts. And the little parables that I'm going to look at, Jesus tells a number of them, but the two that I'm going to concentrate on in the message today are the parable about the treasure hidden in a field and also the merchant who finds a pearl of great value. Dear friends in Christ, first year my wife and I were married, we lived in Cheyenne, North Dakota, where I was doing my seminary internship. She was teaching at the Fort Totten Reservation. We didn't have much money and we didn't have much stuff. But one of the things we liked to do was to go to auctions on Saturdays to see if we could find some antique oak furniture that would go cheap. Of course, it never worked out because the pieces we were attracted to, commodes and rocking chairs and dressers and so on, always went for many hundreds of dollars, much more than we could afford. And for whatever reason, the thing we wanted most of all was an old oak icebox. We'd seen several, but the bidding for them quickly went beyond our limited means. And then, one Saturday at a farm auction, we found the perfect oak icebox. I can still remember our excitement on finding it. We checked it all over and tried not to look too excited about it. That was part of our going to an auction strategy, which typically didn't really help much. We agreed that we would bid on it and would go up to a certain limit. Well, when it came time for the Ike's box to be auctioned, the bidding started and I was one of three bidders that seemed fairly determined. The bidding reached $200, the amount we were paying a month in rent for our apartment. I looked at my wife, Gail, and kept going. The bidding reached $300. This was two car payments. 
I looked at Gail and kept going. It hit $450, the cost of one of my classes at seminary. I could feel my heart pounding. I looked at Gail and kept going. It hit $500, the entire balance in our savings account. I didn't look at Gail and kept going. And by the way, this was now way over what we had agreed to spend. Finally, at $625, the amount in our savings and checking combined, the bidding stopped. We had become the proud and somewhat bewildered owners of an antique oak icebox, which we still have and still enjoy today. Well, there are three profound truths about the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' little story of the man who finds buried treasure, truths that are echoed in the story about the pearl of great worth and in the little story I just shared about the oak icebox. The first profound truth is that like the man in the story, like my wife Gail and I, we are all searching for something that will give our lives meaning, something that will enrich us, something that, will, that we think will make us happy or give us a sense of peace. Jesus doesn't say this, but we know that it's true, that it is not, that, and that is that we often try to fill our lives with a variety of treasures, quote unquote, that are not the kingdom of heaven and that only really provide a temporary sense of meaning or joy or peace. This really was the central point from my sermon last week. That new fishing boat, that's a treasure, but it can't fill the deepest longings in our heart and soul. That new job, that's really exciting, but it can't fill the deepest longings in our heart and soul. That new house or long vacation or cool outfit or budding romance, or whatever it is, fill in your thoughts and daydreams these days. Sooner or later, it will all fail to really fill up the hunger we have deep down inside us, the hunger that sends us out searching in the first place. Even really cool antique oak iceboxes can't fill that hunger for long. And that's the first profound truth. The second profound truth that Jesus suggests in these little stories is that the kingdom of heaven is like finding a treasure that unlike all the other treasures really can fill up the emptiness inside, really can satisfy our deepest hunger, really can give us our heart's desire. More about that in just a moment. The third profound truth is that when we find this treasure of the kingdom of heaven, all that we have and all that we possess is not too much to give in return for it. Like the man in the story, like Gail and me at the auction, the treasure is worth everything we have or possess. Jesus talks about this ultimate price for the treasure of the kingdom in other places in the Gospels. To the rich young ruler, Jesus says, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and come and follow me. To his would-be followers, he says, anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And to his disciples, he calls, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. When we discover this treasure of the kingdom, there is something so valuable about it, so compelling that everything else pales in comparison. Which leaves us then with one simple central question. Just what is this treasure we're searching for? that is worth all that we are and all that we have to possess it. 
to ask that question in another way and to use the imagery in Jesus' story, what will we find when we open the treasure chest? The key to that question lies in our second lesson today, the one that Kathy read from Romans. The eighth chapter of Romans, and she didn't read this, but the eighth chapter starts with this amazing declaration. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it ends, and Kathy did read this in our reading today, with the Apostle Paul reminding us that there is nothing in this whole wide world that can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The unmerited, unconditional, eternal love of God for us in Jesus, offered fully and freely to each of us, is sheer gift, sheer grace. That is the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. It is the one thing that will fully satisfy the hunger of our restless hearts. It's the one thing that will never fail us and that can daily fill us with joy and peace. And though it's absolutely a free gift that God gives us, it's worth all that we all, all that we are and all that we have to possess it. What does this treasure of love and grace really look like? What difference does it make in our lives? Let me read, first of all, just a little excerpt from the most recent Living Lutheran, the August 2021 edition. There's an article in here of a young woman named Katie Langston who's studying to become a Lutheran pastor. And the interview with her is from Kara Strickland. Anyway, just a couple little excerpts. Uh, Katie grew up as a Mormon and she's talking about all of the things she had to do as a young Mormon. She said she fulfilled those early milestones, the full-time proselytizing mission, marriage in the Mormon temple, a baby on the way, but at the same time she was coming apart at the seams. Just when I reached a point so low that I wasn't sure I wanted to live anymore, I had a profound experience with God's grace, and that changed everything. She wrote a book, and it's called Sealed, An Unexpected Journey into the Heart of Grace. The last question that she's asked is, what are your hopes for the readers of this little book, Sealed? And this is what she says. Sealed is for wanderers, wanderers, skeptics, and believers. It's for anyone who's had the feeling they don't quite fit in. Most of all, it's for anyone who marvels at the miracle of grace and longs to see it whenever and however it shows up in the most unexpected places. Well, with that idea of grace being the treasure of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about in the parables he tells in the gospel lesson today, let me share a final little story with you. Like last week's story about Luke, my mom, and the precious vase, I shared this one once before, likely during the Lenten season earlier this year. But I was reminded of the story during a recent adult forum in which one of the participants said of her dad something like this. If I were fussing or crying about something, my dad would say to me, quit your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Other folks at the adult forum nodded their heads in agreement. They had had a similar experience with their dads. And so this is a little story about finding the treasure of grace, God's unmerited love and forgiveness and favor given freely to each of us in Jesus in the most unexpected of places, a dad-related place. My youngest son, Dan, went to college at Luther in Decorah, Iowa. Among other things he learned at Luther, he learned to drink a variety of beers and he began smoking, which I have to admit really pissed me off 
because smoking is so highly addictive and will likely lead to a host of health problems for him and possibly even his early death. Well, Dan came home for Christmas break that first year of college, but between one thing and another, I hadn't had any time to really talk to him through Christmas and the week after. It was about noon on New Year's Day, and Dan would soon be heading back to Luther. Dan had been out late partying on New Year's Eve and came down to the kitchen where I was making sandwiches for lunch. He was a little hungover, he had a headache, and he was crabby. And I thought to myself, this might be my only chance to really talk to him. So I said, probably a little too loudly for his aching head, Dan, there's something I really need to say to you. He groaned and laid his head on the kitchen counter. Dan, I said again, this is important. Please listen to me. He groaned again. Dan, I said, there's nothing you could ever do that would change my love for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is nothing you could ever do that would keep me from loving you. Don't ever forget that. Dan looked up at me groggily, nodded and smiled a crooked smile. Treasure, unexpected grace, unmerited love. To discover and claim this treasure, this unexpected grace, this unmerited love, is to find what you and I have been searching for our whole lives through. This treasure of God's love and grace in Jesus puts an exclamation point in our lives where there has always been a question mark. This treasure of the kingdom of heaven is the incredible discovery that you and I belong to the one who loves us most of all, and nothing can ever change his love for us. Amen. If you climb to the top of the mountain and you look the heavenly door and you almost hear voices of angels then you're closer to God than ever before if you look out and over the ocean while the waves gently roll on the shore can you tell he's up there watching for you? Then you're closer to God than ever before. If you stand all alone in the darkness and you wonder what life holds in store, if there's peace and contentment around you, then you're closer to God than ever before. If you walk through the hills and the valleys, and you don't feel alone anymore, can you tell he's there walking beside you? If you walk through the hills and the valleys and you don't feel alone anymore,
Can you tell he's there walking beside you? Then you're closer to God than ever before. Thanks, Debbie and Jim, for that beautiful song. We continue then with the Apostles' Creed and our Confession of Faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite Debbie and Jib to come and we continue with the prayers of the church. Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the Church, the world, and all of creation. God of wisdom, enlighten your Church. Guide theologians, biblical scholars, authors, and seminary professors as they seek greater knowledge and invite others into deeper understanding. Teach us to ask faithful questions and open our minds to new ideas. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of creation, mend the earth. Cool warming oceans and preserve melting ice caps. Increase our awareness of changing climate patterns and reveal new approaches to the ecological challenges we face. Shield those in the path of hurricanes or tropical storms. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all nations, direct our leaders. Grant them courage to lay aside political grudges and renew their determination to address difficult conflicts. Guide them in the work of reconciliation. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, tend to the wounded. Rescue those tormented by mental illness or mired in addiction. Ease the anxiety of those struggling with dementia. Come quickly to help all who are grieving and all those who suffer. And especially we remember Larry Bazile, Leslie, Andy Elmer, Kirsten Overby, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Randy Goglin, Sherm Olson, Rick Elmer, Gary Fredrickson, Helen Erickson, Vernon Lee, Mary Greiser, Myrna Brown, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Joanne Fowler, 
Julie Dubois, and Steve's mom. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of beauty, inspire artists. Bless those whose visual and musical gifts enliven this assembly. Bless the creative work of poets, hymn writers, composers, painters, sculptors, and others that enrich our worship and daily life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Thank you for the wise leadership and messages and the humble service of Pastor Greg Wilcox in our parish. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of resurrection, bring us to new life. Give us the living bread from heaven through which we abide in your love. And on the last day, raise us with Sufaler Halsilti and all the saints to eternal life. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue then, uh, I just want to invite you to think about being part of our mission and ministry with your offerings. Uh, before I do that, uh, communion is coming up. We do have communion this coming Sunday, and so if you'd like to do that as part of this worship service, I'd invite you then to get a wafer or bread of some kind and grape juice or wine so you're ready for the communion part of our service. In terms of our offering, as people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Thank you for considering that. We continue then as we begin the communion part of the service. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place. We hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Hear then these words of institution. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the wine, gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray with me then the Lord's Prayer? Let us pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now it's time to take the communion. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take then the bread or the wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the blood of Christ, shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Hear then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. We continue with our closing song. Walk slow, count the clouds as they pass. Walk slow, count the daisies in the grass. Life is fast, we're forever on the go. Take the time to take it in and walk slow. Walk slow, walk slow as you travel down life's way. Walk slow, walk slow as you live it day by day. Pay attention as you go and walk slow. Walk slow, better show the world a smile. Walk slow, just as if you were a child. Enjoy Mother Nature and her show. Life will walk along beside you. Walk slow, walk slow. Through the sunshine and the rain Walk slow You won't pass this way again Just appreciate and let the ages roll Savor all you've come to know And walk slow Walk slow Walk slow Travel down life's way, walk slow, walk slow as you live it day by day. Pay attention as you go and walk slow, walk slow. It may be you who leads the way, walk slow. Don't let any go astray, be confident of 
just may keep up Walk slow Walk slow, walk slow. As you travel down life's way Walk slow as you live it day by day, pay attention as you go and walk slow. Pay attention as you go and walk slow. for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Do everything.